The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we thank you very much for joining us for our latest podcast. You know, sometimes when we do a a podcast, it's uh, because news is broken, or sometimes um, it has to do with uh, just kind of the timing of where we are in the offseason. This one is kind of a little different um, with with Heimblum departing and with the Rays announcing that they've got three vice presidents underneath Eric Neander. I kind of thought that um, it was good from a, a fan perspective to give you a little more perspective on who James Click and Carlos Rodriguez and Peter Bendix are, uh, not only in terms of their baseball experience, but their life experience and who they are as people. So in this podcast, you'll get a chance to hear from all three of them um, and get kind of their perspective on how they got here, what they do now, and maybe what they... uh, like to do most or are proudest of in terms of their time with the race. And I first sat down with James Click. James um, was has been the longest tenured VP of this trio, and uh, we touched a little bit on uh, his involvement here with the race. Yeah, I um, came up through our research and development group um, and have happily seen the quality of, of work that's done there and the abilities of the people move way beyond what uh, what I can contribute. And so uh, I still keep close touch with those guys, keep, uh, keep close tabs on them. Um, but my role has expanded into a lot more general baseball operations oversight over the past few years. Obviously, I, I keep in touch with uh, with Eric and, and, and Haim and the rest of the group in terms of the major league roster, transactions, contracts, those kind of things. Um, but I've obviously, I've, um, not obviously, I've, I've also started to take on some of the staff development, making sure that all of our people, all 250 baseball operations employees have an idea of, of their career growth and their path and, and their value here. Um, as far as taking on an expanded role, it's going to be a lot more external connectivity that I haven't really taken on in the past. So, uh, connections, talking to other teams, picking up a lot of the stuff that, that Haim did on those fronts, um, talking to agents, uh, talking to the major league baseball commissioner's office, just making sure that, uh, the rays are, are, you know, communicating effectively with, with a lot of outside parties. Are you excited about, uh, kind of what's to come or the opportunity in front? I excited is one of the uh, emotions. I'm sure there's a, a very long German word out there for the uh, for the combination of, of emotions. Um, it's hard not to be excited about new opportunities, uh, and that's one of the things I think that the Rays do really well is when when somebody moves on, or or even um, when they don't. I think we do a really good job of constantly challenging ourselves, constantly challenging our staff, constantly making sure that people get those new opportunities because it's a big part of the culture here is that constant growth, constant growth mindset, challenging yourself, adding new skills. Uh, for me personally, it, it, it keeps the job interesting. This is not a, a, a rote, you know, same every day is the same kind of job. I mean, it's, it's constantly changing, not even just with the season and the ebb and flow, but with the way the game is going, I mean, we, we look at the game now, it's completely different than it was five years ago. And I would imagine that five years from now, it's going to be completely different. And, and the challenge of that is that's where the excitement comes from. So let's walk even further back. How did you even get here? Um, and what was your passion for baseball growing up that eventually got you involved in the sport? 
That's a uh, good question. Uh, in terms of how I got here, uh, actually, it was Chaim who, uh, who sent me an email um, back in 2005 when he'd gotten an internship uh, asking if I'd be interested to help them out with, uh, with some database work, um, which I, that was my day job at the time. Um, in terms of the interest in baseball, it's no different than any other kid growing up. You know, you just you love the game. You love watching the game. You love playing the game. Um, fortunately for me, the timing of – uh, you know, people like to talk about Moneyball, but, uh, you know, the, the publication of that book, I, I think, did a lot for a, a lot of us who have kind of a non-traditional background when it comes to uh, wanting to contribute and, and, and do this for a living. Um, so it, it was a lot of lucky circumstances. Uh, I, I loved the game. I was writing for Baseball Prospectus at the time, just trying to, um, you know, exercise that that part of your brain where it was just I wanted to talk about baseball I wanted to to write about baseball I wanted to have conversations about baseball uh and fortunately you know I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and you came in and you were the data department research and analytics right I I really hesitate to say that I, I was and I look back at some of the work that we did back then and and it it makes you cringe a little bit because we've come so far um I had the privilege of, of coming in on the ground floor a, a little bit, but, uh, you know, like I mentioned beforehand, the, the work that those guys are doing right now in the in baseball systems, the software development group that we have in performance science and baseball development in R&D, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, I can't. I can't keep up with the the level of analysis, and and you know it's part of your job, and it can be intimidating just how well those guys think about problems and how they logic things out and and how they leverage that uh, to baseball. So would that be what you're proudest of in terms of what you've been involved with with the Rays specifically, and if not, what kind of fits in that that area? I mean, I th- I'm I'm proud of of the entire organization. Obviously, we all take pride in different areas, but. I th- I think that 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 we are doing everything that we can to put together a first class organization in terms of how we take care of our staff, in terms of how we give people those opportunities, and how we, you know, face the challenges that are so unique to to our to our situation. Um, obviously, I take a lot of pride in in the the work that we've done in terms of the of those areas to which I'm close most closely involved, but. Um, you know, the, the culture that we have here, the people that we have here, that, that's the part that I take the most pride in. From a baseball standpoint, I had understood, or at least been led to understand that you had been involved too with a lot of the pitching advances that the organization had made. How, what, what types of involvement have you had and how proud are you as to where, I mean, when you look back at even a year like this, where the team had so many injuries, had used 33 pitchers, a record number, and still came through it on the other side in the postseason. There's the old saying that success has many fathers and failure is an orphan. Um, we're all involved in all of these things, whether they are successes or are failures. I think that's one of the things that we focus on. So to your question, was I involved in them? Yes, in some small part. I'd like to think that I did something, but you can't you can't get any of these things done without the organizational effort that we've had and uh, you know it starts right at the top and 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 having the involvement of of everybody on down you can't do what we did without scouting without player development without international without the major league coaching staff without the you know identifying the the players without identifying the strengths and weaknesses that that maybe would only show up by by doing quantitative analysis 
you know, all of these things are, are what go into uh, the success that, that we had on the field. And, um, you know, yeah, success has a lot of fathers and, and it has to be for us. And that, that phrase is used retroactively a lot where it's like as soon as something is successful, everybody raises their hand and they say, oh, I knew that or I was, you know, I, I had a big part of that. Um, around here, I think it has to be almost forward looking where in order for us to have success, it has to have a lot of, of people involved. Um, so I, I'd like to think I had a little something to do with that. Um, you know, what it was specifically, it's really hard to say. And I think you touched on the culture here and how important that is. But I think it's also important that, you know, you guys have lives away and you've got a young family here and they've kind of grown up, what, with the race since you started what year? Well, I started uh, consulting in 2005. I came on full-time in 2006, uh, right after uh, Andrew and, and Stu, uh, you know, um, or Andrew and Matt were promoted, and, and Stu took a controlling stake in the team. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a long time. We've all, we've all grown up here together. Um, you know, I think back to the early days when we were young. Uh, we weren't married. We worked a lot of hours uh we worked long and hard and i think that we've done a good job of, of growing up and, and achieving a, a work-life balance here that we can all uh be proud of and and you know my my seven-year-old came to the to game three uh and kk's his favorite player and i just the look on his face when kk hit the home run was it just makes the whole thing worth it You've got two, five, five and seven. Yeah, two, five, five and seven. The seven-year-old is definitely a little bit more into the to baseball than the than the five-year-old, but uh, we'll get him. And for you, um, in terms of the greatest challenges going forward, let's say for this organization now, um, as you kind of look ahead, because I think the some would say that it's it's great to get to a point, but the hardest thing is to kind of sustain it, as this group did from '08 to '13 when you were here. Yeah, the the hardest thing, and, and this is one of the things that Haim always articulated so well. Uh, the hardest thing is is the constant change, the constant improvement that you have to have. Because as soon as we do something and we do it well, other teams will start doing it. I mean, this happens in any industry, but yeah, we 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 change the way that we've used pitching at the major league level, and all of a sudden you see lots of other teams trying to do the same thing, and some, and some of them being very successful about it. Um, so we know that that's not going to be a competitive advantage next year um, or the year after or, or at some point. So the focus, the challenge for us is not sitting back and saying, hey, we, we did that and it worked. It's saying, hey, we did that and it worked and it's not going to work in the future because this is a game where everybody is constantly trying to improve. And I would love to wake up one morning and, and have solved baseball and just be able to sit back and say, we've got it and we've got it, the formula, the winning formula, but that's never going to happen. Um, and that's the exciting challenge of the game is knowing that there is always something else that you need to do to stay ahead. That's James Click, and certainly we appreciate his time on our latest podcast, and we mentioned that you're going to hear from the three vice presidents for the Rays. Uh, one of the others is Carlos Rodriguez. Um, Carlos has been with the Rays for a substantial period of time, as has James and Peter, um, and we talked uh, a little bit about, you know, kind of the opportunity he has going forward as a, a vice president named uh, right during the latter part of the season um, and uh, his relationship also with the now-departed High and Bloom. First of all, I think it's pretty bittersweet. Um, yeah, just 
you know, with the loss of, uh, of Haim and what he meant to the organization and our personal friendship. And, uh, but I, I can say I, I tried to, given there was other um, instances in where we almost lost him, I actually got to, a chance to really appreciate our, our uh, both working relationship and personal relationship a little bit more. Um, and so from that standpoint, I think it was, uh, you know, just like this uh, a bunch of different emotions that, that kind of came over all of us um, before we actually got to realize what this means for us personally, like on the, well, on a, really on the uh, professional level. Um, but ultimately it, it's exciting um, once the kind of the dust settles and we can kind of look around and, and see who we have and see the quality of personnel, the quality of people, the quality of leadership that we have in place. And it's really invigorating to, to know that, you know, it's the next person up kind of mentality. And I think from that standpoint, I'm really invigorated to kind of get going and, you know, now get to compete with, uh, with, with Haim, uh, uh, on a daily basis and uh, with, you know, obviously the, the rest of the division, which is pretty challenging as well. I, I think most fans know you came from the international side and did a, a, a terrific job there. What are your key areas that you're going to be working on now in your new role as a vice president? Yeah, so I will still have uh, some level of involvement with the international side. Um, obviously, we uh, we're able to promote from within Steve Miller, uh, who's a phenomenal evaluator, um, and uh, Patrick Walters, who's been with us basically since I came here in 2010. Uh, he will oversee and and uh, the international operations aspect uh, of it. Um, and so, from that standpoint, I th- I feel really good. You know, just the continuity, the quality of people that we have in place to really uh, be able to continue to find ways to. Uh, find the best international talent, and I part of my responsibility is to make sure that they are supported in their roles uh, to provide um, as much uh, feedback um, or um, just really to to act as a sounding board for for the the new leadership group uh, to make sure that we can kind of keep advancing those initiatives. And on the player development side, um, I will a lot of the same things apply, providing support. Um, to our leadership uh, group, uh, Jeff McLaren, who we promoted from the assistant director of minor league operations to now director, still having Mitch very much involved with a lot of the player development um, world and all the decisions that kind of go on, and really uh, providing a, a fresh perspective and look at just the overall operation with the changing landscape, uh, uh, meaning just uh, the different kinds of players now versus you know years ago and and how a lot of the information has really uh changed you know even what players are are coming into our system like knowing or or not knowing and and just making sure that those things are accounted for and making sure that uh, we have a tremendous uh uh, group of uh, coaches and coordinators and trainers and uh, strength and conditioning and, you know, just to really make sure that the operation as a whole is is as robust as as possible and uh, have really st- uh, strong integration uh, within. And 
you mentioned coming here, what, in 2010. How did you end up with the Rays organization to begin with? And, and maybe if you could even backtrack further, how did you get involved in the game of baseball and what, what ignited your passion for it? So I came uh, into professional baseball. I, I was a coach um, at the University of North Florida. And um, up until 2005, we lost in the national championship game to actually Matt Joyce was on the uh, opposing team, which I reminded him uh, constantly. And um, I uh, essentially, in 2006, I got an opportunity to work uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers in the front office uh, uh, as an advanced scouting um, intern, basically uh, working with the major league staff and preparing advanced reports. That's when I got uh, the initial exposure to like you know we were at the time one of the few teams along with uh, with the Tampa Bay. Uh, I think it was was it Devil Rays or Rays back then? I think it was Devil Rays still, but they, I think the two of us were one of the the first that were really deploying more aggressive shifts, which back in the day was more controversial. And uh, just having that level of, of exposure. Um, uh, with the front office group and just the major league personnel. Uh, from there, I the following year, I went to Toronto, uh, worked with the Blue Jays uh, uh, as an area scout, uh, working in, in South and Central Florida. And uh, I was there for uh, basically for four years, uh, really enjoyed the the uh, the hunt. That's when I got a, a really uh, my first taste for just like the hunt and the pursuit of talent. And uh, in 2010, uh, Matt Arnold, um, who's now with Milwaukee, uh, basically um, asked permission to come over here as a pro, uh, as a pro scout, uh, and that turned into like pro and international scouting, where I would cover our, uh, or I would basically uh, basically cover the minor leagues, um, some major league coverage as well as uh, going around and cross-checking some of the uh you know international players and that eventually uh evolved into uh, a more international workload to try to um you know spend our efforts to to build up the program and uh until you know here we are today uh it's evolved and I've I've had the you know the luck and opportunity to to do advanced scouting and amateur scouting and pro scouting, international scouting, I can tell you it's a, it's a challenge and it's, it's changed in a lot of ways, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's about talent. And even on the player development side, the, just, it's still about getting talent. You hear Mitch talk about getting the right raw resource. And that is, it's so true. And so something that I, I feel pretty strongly about as well. And I hope that we can continue to find ways to, to really infuse the organization with talent. And you obviously have done a lot of that on the international side. Um, I'm curious too, when you first got into, I mean, you mentioned being in North Florida on the coaching side, where'd you grow up? What, what ignited your passion for the game? Who are the, the players, the teams maybe that you even rooted for as a, as a kid? Yeah, so I was born in Puerto Rico. Um, we moved to Florida. My family moved to Florida. I grew up in Orlando, basically. I went to Bishop Moore High School over there in Orlando. Uh, so actually, I'm I'm a Florida, uh, basically uh, native, I guess, uh, to you know uh, to that extent. And um, yeah, I mean, I I played you know all throughout uh, college. And um, Roberto Alomar was like my idol. So actually, when I was in Toronto and got to 
to um yeah to work over there and like uh, i was uh, uh, kind of a guest coach and instructionally got to spend some time with him and, and I, it was really it was really cool um but yeah i was basically um uh, for my whole life i've loved the game i've you know loved baseball um and and just i i honestly thought i would probably be a coach like f for a lot longer and you know, here we are in a different capacity, still involved, you know, very much with with coaches, but in a much different capacity. But just the passion for for the the pursuit of excellence and growth and uh, just, you know, and the competitive nature, I think it's always been there as well. And it's something that's um, that I was really cultivated uh, by probably my college coach, Dusty Rhodes, who was at North Florida, who's um, a pretty, you know, uh, probably outside of my dad, the most impactful person or, you know, I saw my parents, probably the most impactful person in my life in terms of like how, uh, just to go about life and the principles and, and working hard and humility and, and all those things. And so, but really, uh, beyond that, just the, the competitive nature competing every day and, and re really instilling those, uh, principles and, values and and uh even in my in my uh you know my daughter now you know who's uh who just turned five and so um yeah that's kind of the uh where i grew up and and uh yeah a big roberto Alomar fan kind of uh growing up he was probably my yeah, my my idol and um you know obviously roberto clemente like never got a chance to watch him play but just being from puerto rico and and what he stood for the you know just what he stood for it, it's really um it's it's amazing that somebody that you never even got to watch play can can move you so much and inspire you so much and it's something that um you know that i, I really wish i would have been able to see him play and you obviously you mentioned you've got a, a five-year-old now so you you're you've got your baseball family here and your your family family here too yeah definitely and and the beauty you know the beauty is that she's kind of growing up like watching the Rays and so that's her team and so she's very familiar with with uh with a lot of it and and uh it's great like on Sundays you know we we try to uh, come out and and uh, watch the game as a family and and run the bases and, and everything so uh I'm sure you know s soon enough she'll be criticizing me for some of our personnel moves or you know why why don't we you know why aren't we signing better players or developing better or whatever but uh I'm I think I'm ready to take it and Certainly, uh, we we uh, look forward to hearing about some of those player moves and the, and and uh, that going forward as you get ready or you embark on this new role. To this point, what's your proudest moment, uh, or what are you proudest of with this organization, and why? I would say I'm most proud of the culture that we've created, and um, very. I mean, I think that has led to. Um, it's led to us to be able to grow, to be able to adapt and to be able to kind of endure a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the change that we, we've had in the organization, but per on a personal level, uh, the people that work on our staff, uh, it's kind of like family and, uh, being able to have a part in that and, taking a step back and watching our own 
scouts, her own coaches, and the way that they engage and interact. And it's really hard to, you know, to to uh, replicate. Um, and it's, but I think for me, it's very special because it's hard enough, you know, as it is to compete with everybody. And and I think I'm a big believer in in being in order to be the best in the world at what you're doing, I really feel like there has to be some level of enjoyment. Uh, you have to like it. You have to just the work that it requires to, to, to be the best, the hours and, and the sacrifice. Uh, want to make sure that we uh, provide a really positive space for our people to flourish and develop and to be themselves, the best version of themselves. And I feel like that's something that to this point we've, we've, uh, we've created and and cultivated and not taken for granted, and I hope that it's something that we can preserve uh, going forward. Really good stuff from Carlos Rodriguez. You kind of see that he's really touched uh, many many different avenues of the spectrum in terms of his involvement with the Rays, and great to see his family growing up here. Uh, speaking of growing up here, Peter Bendix has grown up with the Rays in really a variety of ways. In fact, of the three vice presidents for Tampa Bay, he probably has the most unique path. Uh, to get where he's now arrived. Um, so we touched on that and how he started with Tampa Bay. Actually, my first time with the Rays was in the summer of, I believe, 2006. I was still in college, and I applied for and received a summer internship in the corporate sales department. And there were very, very few people in baseball operations, although Heim Bloom was one of them. Um, and so I worked in corporate sales for a couple of months and actually asked for advice from various people in baseball operations, uh, Haim and Mitch Lukovics being the two I remember the most. And the thing I remember the most about that was Mitch, who's incredibly friendly and open and was willing to talk to me, had no idea who I was, but the advice that he gave me was, don't work in baseball operations. Not because of anything to do with me, but because he said you have to be prepared for the lifestyle, you have to be prepared for the long hours, and it's not something he would recommend to anybody. And here you are 13 years later. So how did you get back? And what ignited the passion for baseball to begin with that got you involved in the field? I've been a huge sports fan my whole life. I grew up in Cleveland in the mid-90s with the Indians teams that were incredible and very exciting. And I went to a lot of those games, and that's what really solidified me as a baseball fan. Then the Indians' window closed, and uh, they traded players away right at the time that I was going into college. And that's when I started to get into the prospect side of things and kind of understand baseball as a business and how to uh, run the team a little bit more rather than just be a fan. So I went to college in Boston, and I was lucky enough that my freshman year, my very first semester there, they were offering a class that they'd never offered before called Sabermetrics, which is basically baseball statistics. I don't know how I got accepted into that class. There were 20 people in the class, and 100 people tried to get into it. But I got accepted into that class, uh, learned more about it. That was the year in which the Red Sox won the World Series for the first time, and so everybody in Boston was baseball crazy. I did a research project as a final project for that class. It was a study about uh, Braves pitching coach Leo Mazzoni, who was known for you know taking and making him fantastic. And so I did a study looking at whether or not pitchers actually perform better with Mazzoni than themselves elsewhere, and found that they do, and it was a pretty big effect. And so that kind of got picked up a little bit, and I had that for my resume, uh, and I was able to do additional research. I started a club. Uh, in college, had various people from the local Boston media come in and speak and just kind of network that way. 
Then I attended the winter meetings in Las Vegas in December 2008. And I paid $20 for a hotel room at the very edge of the Strip. And I hung around the lobby like everybody else who goes to the winter meetings. Although I had gotten fantastic advice from Haim that he said, don't dress in a suit. All of the guys who go to and girls who go to the baseball winter meetings dress in a suit and they stand out like a sore thumb. Dress in business casual. Dress like the people who already have the job. I did so. I have no idea if that actually helped. But I, got, I had a bunch of different interviews with different teams. Ended up meeting with James Click, with Eric Neander. The Rays were looking to expand their front office coming off of their World Series trip. And so right place, right time. And the rest, I say, is history. And I guess that's one of the few instances where happens in Vegas didn't stay in Vegas because you went to Tampa Bay. And it was a great trip. I won $200 playing poker, too. <laughs> and, and all while doing so at a $20 hotel. That's pretty good. You, people should take your advice on how to travel at, at a low expense. What are you doing now, and what are you proudest of in your time with the race? Uh, my focus kind of the last couple of years has been with the Major League team, with kind of our process for player evaluation, um, helping out with the R&D department, helping out in the pro scouting department, and player development. So it really is a lot of different areas that I'm kind of connected to. I imagine that will continue now that there are additional responsibilities that need to be had uh, from Heim's departure, from kind of a continuation and growth of my own development. Uh, so right now I'm overseeing the baseball development department um, I will be overseeing the baseball systems department. I'll be continuing to kind of oversee our pro process uh, for the moves that we make and that we consider, and then just helping out wherever is needed. What are you most excited about, and maybe what are you proudest of in terms of personal accomplishments since you came here because you've now been here for more than a decade? Man, um, I'm extremely excited about the state of the team, and it's a cliche, but it really we are really proud of what we've been able to accomplish on the field recently, but also proud of the state of the organization from top to bottom in terms of talent, in terms of people, in terms of processes. All of these things we can get better at, but I think we're probably in as good a point uh, since I've been here. Um, and in terms of areas that you've, you're proudest of in terms of where you've worked? I'm extremely proud of the way that we interact with one another, the way that we support one another, the way that we have each other's backs, and the way that there is uh, a true emphasis on actually having at least a little bit of work-life balance. I haven't worked for another team, but I've heard stories from people from other teams, and I think we really are able to walk the walk here. Uh, the people who have kids can go home and see their kids at night. There's an encouragement to not burn out. There's an encouragement to work very hard and be held to high standards, but also understand that this is not the entirety of your life. So I, I know James had mentioned, you know, he kind of grew up here. He now has kids five and seven. So how has your life changed since 08 to now? Ha. <laughs> um, well... I've lived in a lot of different places in the Tampa Bay area, um, so I've gotten to know the area very much, uh, and I, I've really grown to love it. Uh, I live in St. Petersburg now, and to see the improvement in a lot of the things in St. Pete is very, very cool. Uh, personally, I'm uh, engaged, getting married in January, so life is going to change, I suppose, in that respect. Um, but, uh, yeah, I lost the rest of your question. Well, congratulations on that. And so you have grown up here, I mean, in essence, and... I 
who knows whether you'll be starting, you know, you'll have the next the next raise here uh, in terms of your family. Right. Yeah. No, I do feel like this is home. I don't know when that really changed over from being a transplant to feeling like this is truly home. But it happened at some point in the last several years. And I really enjoy living here. I really enjoy working for this organization in particular. Um, and the connection between the team and the community is something that I'm also very proud of. Does the fact that you started out as an intern here, does that kind of give you special pride to see the way the path has gone, the fact that you've kind of grown up here, so to speak? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've grown alongside a lot of people here. I mean, Eric Neander has essentially been my boss, either technically or de facto, since I first started here. I've worked with James Click the entire time that I've been here. There's a lot of other people that are here. I'm proud of the fact that we've had so much turnover that reflects well on the people that we have, on the success that we've had. And, you know, speaking of, you know, learning among others, you mentioned James and, and, um, and also Eric. You obviously learned a lot from Haim, as you mentioned, you know, how you were first connected to him. What are some of the biggest takeaways that you learned from him that you think will help you going forward in an expanded role? The biggest thing that comes to mind is the way he treats people. Players, big league players, to the guys we just drafted, to the senior signs who got $5,000. doesn't matter. He treats them all the same. Employees, it doesn't matter if you're an intern, if you're a vice president, if he's known you for 10 years, if he's known you for 10 days. He treats people with the incredible respect, with the authenticity to wanting to learn from them, wanting to understand their opinions, and just the true way of connecting with people that he has. I aspire to be like that every day. We certainly appreciate the time of Peter Bendix and uh, wish him well with his upcoming marriage in January. And uh, we appreciate all three of our guests on the podcast today, James Click, Peter Bendix, and Carlos Rodriguez. Uh, We will have upcoming news, I'm sure, here in the month of November. Um, And you can always check out our blog, raiseradio.moblogs.com. And I'm sure we'll have uh, another podcast in the coming weeks, certainly several uh, podcasts, I would think, before Thanksgiving. Thanks very much for being with us. We will talk.